Hello, welcome to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I am James, and this week we are talking about Season 2, Episode 17, Psychic Friends. And I would just like to say, before we get into it, I fucking told you, I told all of you guys, supernatural, paranormal, mm. paranatural <laughs> stuff exists in Cape Side. All right? This, this is, is your, certainly does. This is your time to shine, James. Yeah. 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 So I gotta get that out there right now. <laughs> all you haters out there, you guys, you have egg on your face. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Do we have haters? Has anyone written in Probably. to complain? Probably. I don't. I think. I don't. I think people I don't, love it. Most yeah. people complain just about in general Pacey, about that us. we don't like pacing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that we get hate for. And you know what? They're right. We deserve that hate because Pacey's the best character on this entire TV show. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, are we ready for some Cuckoo Cape Side correspondence? So, first off, we have an email I would love to read from Allison L. They say, Hello, Freaks and Creeks Pod. First, I just want to say that I love the show. In the last episode, you all discussed casting for a Dawson's Creek reboot, and I have a few thoughts. I picture the Dawson's Creek reboot as an animated show set underwater called Dawson's Creek 2 Under the Creek. While this is a slight departure from the original show, I'm confident this, that this iteration will attract tens of viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Casting as follows. SpongeBob SquarePants will play Dawson. This sea sponge has the perfect amount of annoying childlike energy to capture the character. Accurate. <laughs> Mudkip will play Joey. I yes. have no idea who Mudkip is. Pokemon. Oh, little cute okay. little Pokemon. Thank you Got for it. the Pokemon Sorry. reference. That's okay. I loved Pokemon, and I have no idea who that is. So I'm so sorry. Okay, Mudkip will play Joey. Like Joey, Mudkip is tough yet adorable, and often underestimated. One small drawback: casting a Pokemon will drastically limit Joey's dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing Mudkip has expressive eyes. (laughs) Very true. Uh, Michelangelo of Ninja Turtle fame will play Pacey. Like Pacey, he's smart but unfocused. He also loves pizza and a good party. So true. That's good. The Starbucks siren will play Jen. (laughs) She's got all the looks and danger of a traditional siren, but with that pop culture relevance ideal for portraying fashion-forward Jen. (laughs) Ursula will play Grams. (laughs) She's got the judgmental rage of the original Grams, but with more tentacles. <laughs> I'm not sure who will fill out the rest of the cast. The shark from Jaws, Aquaman, Nessie. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Allison. Wow. Man, that's good. I think keeping in the animated vein, we need to have Zeus from Hercules as Gramps. Short-lived, mm. but yeah. he'll work. Or meat daddy. Well, Hercules yeah, has got to play daddy man meat. Oh, which okay. then makes well, these it are weird. All water cartoons, right? Oh, oh yes, fuck. right. So like Little Mermaid, um, SpongeBob, right? Osmosis Jones. 
<laughs> Who would play Abby? You're the first person to say Osmosis Jones in 15 minutes. <laughs> Who would play Abby? Um, oh, uh, uh, Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, though not that's not water themed. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Dang. God, this give me hard. a sexy fish. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Dory. Nemo. Yeah, I'm yeah. That there's that Bojack Horseman episode where he's underwater the entire time. Um, but that's got nothing. And this is too tough. The lady in the flounder? water. Could flounder be anyone? Oh, the, he's the the crab from uh, from Little Mermaid, correct? Flounder's the, that, the that's Sebastian. The fish, Fuck, right. who's or, Sebastian got to play though? We need to get we need to get him in on this. <laughs> who's? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been really riveting. Yeah, <laughs> this is why people listen. <laughs> uh, okay. Takes. I do uh, like. I mean, I like the idea though. I think every great requel which is like what this is kind of, right? Like it's like a legacy sequel, but we're like changing it up, making it underwater. You know, that's yes what you need to make it special. Definitely. That's what we need for a reboot. Yep. Um, okay, I'm going to hit us with another email from Johanna. All right, this person says, Dear Freaks and Creeks people, I love your podcast so much. I'm not quite caught up yet, and I'm fearing the day I do because I won't get to listen to you guys all the time. Okay. Along, yeah, of course. You could just listen to us on repeat. Put it on episode one. <laughs> start over. <laughs> Alongside being extremely funny and entertaining, you guys are so smart. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> no one has ever told me yeah. that in my entire life. <laughs> First time for everything, I guess. <laughs> you notice so many things I never would have. I watched the show for the first time when I was thirteen. And when I rewatch, I'm a little blindsided by the opinions I had at that age. I love hearing your fresh perspective. I'm a little jealous you guys get to watch the show for the first time. I wish I could have that experience again, but your show sometimes feel like it be- feels like it because there's so much I never noticed that you bring to light. I can't wait for season three. It's my favorite. Some questions for you. What inspired you guys to start this podcast? I want to know how the idea came about. Is Dawson's Creek anything like you'd ex- you expected it to be? Love, Johanna. P.S. I love your Instagram. The memes are so great. I always look forward to your posts. Woo-hoo. Let's give a round of applause for Cody on yeah. that one. Yeah. Way to go, Cody, making them memes. <laughs> Clap for yourself, damn it. Meme master. <laughs> Thank you, Johanna or Johanna. Uh, really appreciate your kind words. I... Wait, I also, can I, can I say something really quick no. about Please say it. G- giving credit to you? Um, a random person I'm, that I'm friends with who does not listen to the podcast but follows us on Instagram tells me how funny Cody's memes are. <laughs> and she's like, they make me laugh all the time. I don't know what it's referencing, but I think they're funny. <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> they, they don't know, know anything about Dawson's Creek, but they like the memes. Yeah, I can't remember if she ever watched it or not, or she has like huh. a vague recollection, but... Wow, yeah. shout out to your friend. Love that for That's her. That's strange. <laughs> okay, so let's answer these questions. Yeah, great questions. Yeah. Thanks, Johanna. Um, do, Cody, do you want to take how the idea came about? Because I have a distinct memory of, <laughs> of, of the first time we talked about this. Yeah, I mean, I think that like we had talked about doing a podcast a long time ago when we were watching uh, The Bachelor regularly. Yep. And uh, I don't know if anyone else 
the listeners to our show also watches The Bachelor, but you probably know that there's at least 200 Bachelor podcasts. So <laughs> if we were to try to do anything in that realm, it'd be a drop in the ocean, right? And then I think from that, we talked about if we were to do a show, we would want to do a show that none of us had ever seen. And around that same time, I had thought about Dawson's Creek only because it was like the first show that came to mind. And Stella and I one night just like threw it on and within 30 seconds we stopped it and we were like, this has to be the show because this is already insane. So Yeah, my memory is that we had just finished Gilmore Girls and that, it yeah, came up, the menu came up as like shows that you might enjoy and Cody just like clicked on Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And we like watched the first few minutes and like, mm. we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Wild. Very different. Yes. I don't think Netflix suggested that correctly, other than it being like a teen melodrama. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I remember. I remember us sitting around after or before Bachelor, Bachelor yeah. Night and you guys saying, Should we do a podcast about Dawson's Creek? <laughs> and I think you asked it exactly like that. And I remember thinking, like, he's got to be joking. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Because <laughs> I don't know, you know, it just hadn't crossed my mind to do Dawson's Creek. I mean, I remember us thinking about shows that we had never watched and thinking about shows from our childhood. And I just, it's just, it was that big of a blind spot for me. Right. that I was like, what? And the, and the fact that none of us had ever seen it. Right. Except for, I mean, still seen a like episodes. a few, but you know, it's hard to find, I think that many people that haven't seen it. I don't know. Totally. Inter- like, yeah. So. So it was perfect. It was serendipity and I appreciate Cody for making that connection and the two of you guys for stopping yourself because it then set us on this path and look at us it was now. An excruciating, it was excruciating to stop when we started. Oh, I bet. I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we knew <laughs> this was something. And I don't know, maybe we can um, cut this out if you don't uh, want this out there, Mal, but originally it Mallory wasn't very interested in... Or she... Mallory seemed like... <laughs> Valerie said that she didn't feel like she had a lot to offer and oh. she was going to play like kind of oh, like yes. background yes. part and was just like, I'll do like research and I'll like, I don't think I'll have anything to say. Yeah. I'm glad. Look at you now you're the fan favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Woo-hoo. I remember that. I remember you saying you just wanted to do research and I was like, well, that's great because we do need a researcher and shows how fucking awful I am. I wasn't like, no, babe, you gotta be on this. <laughs> She's like, yeah, fucking sit in the background and do all the research for us. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you decided to be on mic because you know people need to hear your voice thanks yeah i think we all offer a a fun perspective not me i agree and together we are uh harmonious and funny yep yes (laughs) we should put that on a (laughs) t-shirt together we are harmonious and funny that's the tagline of the show hashtag blessed (laughs) Um, to the question of was this show anything like we expected? I think not. I, I don't think I expected it to be like this. What about you guys? I had a very different idea of what Dawson's Creek was. I mean, we brought up the show in the last episode, but I was expecting something way more akin to Beverly Hills 90210. Right. Like I thought it was going to be so much more just teen relationships and like, like, even the, the the whole like filmmaking aspect that feels like way like I would have never guessed that or I don't know I was expecting also like maybe the tone to be like maybe similar to uh, 
uh, Gilmore Girls only mm-hmm. in that it's like a small town, so like small town mm-hmm. vibes, but it hasn't mm-hmm. really been like that hasn't been much of a focus. I still don't really feel like Cape Side is a character. Not yet. So I don't know. Whatever expectations I had for the show is throw it in the fucking trash. <laughs> nothing's like Dawson's Creek. No. Yeah, I, I think I think I remember. I think we've talked about this in the past as well. But I'm pretty sure I thought it was going to be like some varsity blues, mm-hmm. serious mm-hmm. relationship melodrama. And I mean, it is kind of a relationship melodrama, but it's not as serious as I thought it was yeah. going to be. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot more self aware and tongue in cheek in moments, you know. And then it dips into the serious like after school special stuff. But I think on the whole, it doesn't feel like I was thinking it was going mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I mean, I have, I had a similar. Thought I thought it would be a little bit more serious, but it's definitely kind of more playful, I would say, than, yeah. Yeah, I think this episode is pretty um, yeah. representative of that <laughs> because what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I had, you know, since I had seen little bits of it, um, I kind of maybe had a feel of what the, tone was but still find myself feeling surprised in a a not so pleasant way (laughs) (laughs) but here we are oh i have one more piece are we are we done with this email yes yes thank you okay thanks thanks johanna i i love that email that was really fun you're the best Uh, okay so last piece of cook capeside correspondence we have a Apple podcast review. Look at that. Wow. Have you been practicing? I, he wrote it I in all been. caps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, it's hard, you know. In these streets, it's hard. Yeah. I'm okay. going to miss the Apple review podcast. Me too. That was a good show. <laughs> Got to bring that I back. mean, I can. we can still do that. Okay. So this is from... Gigi Poo. <laughs> Gigi Poo. They Is that say, your Christian name? <laughs> I hope so. They say, I just found your podcast a while ago and personally love to hear the deep analysts. Analysts. Analysis? Yeah, analysis. <laughs> Jesus. You all right? <laughs> Struggling, guys. Uh, analysis that goes on and your interesting viewpoints. I'm glad I found you guys while you're so early into the show. I'm ready to go along for the ride. Wasn't a big fan of the Pacey hate in the beginning, but I'm happy you guys eventually got it. Told you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We know. (laughs) This podcast is really enjoyable and so, so funny. That's right, two of them. I can't wait for more. (laughs) Here's to the future and the hope that you guys can make sense of the reason they act like that in the college seasons. But until then, keep doing what you're doing. Wow. That in the college like that. Season. I know. I'm curious what they mean. Act like yeah. that. I'm assuming they yeah. mean like, like the, they are now. Like, the same. like they, don't they don't Yeah, like they don't change. Mm-hmm. Well, what I imagine when they say that is that maybe in the college years, this is when they start unpacking the trauma of what happened in mm-hmm. the high school years. Like, when they say, like, you'll understand why they act like that right. in mm. college. Right. So maybe oh. they're, like, mm. I don't know, like, all these, like, hidden things that yep. they've, like, kept, you know, under the surface this entire time will come out. It will reveal themselves. Wow. Who knows yeah. what that That's exciting. That is exciting. I hope that's um, what happens. 
Yeah, and I'm so curious, like, are they all going to go to the same college together? <laughs> what is that going to look like? Is yeah. the college in Cape Side? Is it outside of Cape Side? Like... <laughs> I love how they have to do that for TV. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm doing like a pretty casual rewatch of Buffy right now. And like they had to do that exact same thing. They all graduate high school. It's like, what do you do? Well, they're all going to go to the same college. It's like, <laughs> which is like still in the same town. Right. Uh-huh. It's like you always. Have, so what are they going to do? Are they going to go to Cape Side University? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go to the college where Joey's taking painting classes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The community mm, college. Right? Yes. The community- Wow, how far Dawson will have fallen to go to <laughs> yeah. community college. <laughs> Fuck, he'll be insufferable. <laughs> Not that he isn't already. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, great review. Thank you so much. I just want to say this yeah. right now. We know that we got the Pacey thing wrong, people. We got it. <laughs> we got it. I, I I appreciate it. Is this going to be the albatross that we have around our necks for the rest of our fucking lives on this show? Are we going to be in season five and people are going to be like, love the show. I don't like that you guys didn't like Pacey in season one, five, I mean, like, ten years ago, or whatever the fuck it was at that point. You I know, mean, Radiohead think- still has to play Creep. It's the same thing. I guess that's true. Yeah. 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 We brought we'll, it on ourselves. That's true. Yeah. We'll get new <laughs> listeners and then they're all going to go through the same roller coaster. Maybe we should just... But what a journey, right? Like, I think we should wear it as a badge of honor that we hated Pacey at the beginning because everybody loves Pacey. And now we we love Pacey, too. It's true. Maybe we need shirts. 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 Anti... Anti... We hated Pacey. Yeah. I was trying to think of anti-social, social club, you know, play on that. Oh, yeah. 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 Saw that sweatshirt today out in the world. I know it. Psychic. Psychic friends. Psychic. <laughs> You're my psychic friend. Can we just read each other's minds all, all over the entire yeah, episode. I think so. Um, fuck, I was about to say something. Fuck, Casey. I don't know. Yeah, oh no, that's what. It, uh, yes, I was going to say that, Cody. I think you're right. We need to wear this like a badge of honor, and I think we actually need to double down on the Pacey hate. And just <laughs> regardless of what we actually feel at this point, we just need to hate him again. I think if anything, it, it is like evidence that we have not been swayed by 20 years of like mm-hmm. the fandom totally. and whatever they believe. Because they clearly love Pacey. Yes. Yeah. And that did not deter us because we are blind, baby. Yes, we have we are. no idea what Ignorance. we're going through. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, I can't wait to see what the next thing is. Right. Like what? Like whatever hot take is next. Yeah. You know, Me too. That we have. What are we going to get wrong? <laughs> You know, that the fandom is going to... that. Where are we going to go against the grain on the fandom next? Okay, well, should we get into some let's, things? Let's get into it. Okay, once again, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 17, Psychic Friends. This episode aired on March 10th, 1999. Two days before a very special lady's birthday. <laughs> that special lady, <laughs> Mallory Freed Ramey, my lovely wife. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to Mallory. Why, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) This episode was written by Dana Barada, directed by Patrick Norris. And as the synopsis goes, as Dawson courts a teacher's opinion of his film, Joey pursues a date with someone who's actually interested in Jack. Ooh. Ooh. Spicy meatball. 
In Dawson's room, Joey finishes up her first screening of Dawson's new film. Not only does she think it's earth-shatteringly genius, she thinks the director Jack McPhee could be the next Ingmar Bergman. Wait, Jack McPhee? Speak of the devil, he jumps through the window to let them know that he's just met with Spielberg and he's got a Hollywood deal. And wouldn't you believe it, he proposes to Joey right then and there. What kind of nightmare is this? And as Dawson screams through the night, it is just that, merely a nightmare. The next day at school, the new film teacher, Nicole Kennedy, played by Twin Peaks' Machen Amick, lectures on the importance of filmmakers challenging their audience and making them uncomfortable. On filmmaker Frank Capra, Jen proclaims he's far too clean and broad, while Dawson believes him rather to be merely an optimist. After class, Dawson talks about his hero worship to the new teach, impressed with her Hollywood screenwriting chops. However, he's too chicken shit to show her his film. Turning the corner is none other than Daddy Manmeat dressed like a normie. Turns out he's the new substitute English teacher. Dawson wants some familial distance while they're in school. He goes on to talk about how he's been a little doomed out lately. The only truth he knows is that he has to become a filmmaker. In the cafeteria, Joey attempts to bond with Jack by ranking the meatheads grabbing lunch. She also proclaims that she's been bored lately. Jack thinks it's bizarre them talking about boys, but it doesn't bother him. Elsewhere, Andy desperately wants Pacey to join her at the fair to run a D.A.R.E. program for children as a Lovecraftian creature called Captain Skippy. But he thinks it sounds lame. She also really wants to go to the fortune teller, but he thinks it's a scam but she knows one way to get him to go, whispering some hubba hubba yowza hee-haw promises if he does it, <laughs> and you bet your buns that he's in. Now, dear listeners, this is when our heroes split up and have their own adventures, and they will be chronicled individually. As the fair commences, Joey and Jack put up some of their artwork to sell, but Joey's a little spaced out. She's thinking about how much she misses boyfriend kisses. Get this girl a smooch, y'all. Dawson rolls up, but just as quickly rolls away. Joey and Jack talk about him being a little moody these days. Jack then has an idea. Maybe they should visit the fortune teller and find out when Joey will meet her man. In the tent, the mystic stumbles over some shitty possible predictions until... A magical wind blows through and she proclaims that Joey's been experiencing loss and is cut off from new possibilities. Joey should become a yes girl. There will be a fork in the road and she must choose her path. She must follow her heart. And guess what? There will be a tall, dark man. Yowza! She thinks it's a waste until she runs into Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome, a.k.a. Colin Manchester. He compliments her <laughs> art and dips. Why, oh, why did she not flirt? She panicked. Jack thinks it's a sign. Go for it, Jojo. And Jojo, indeed, go-go. She finds Colin looking at someone else's <laughs> shitty art and chats him up, and he offers to get her a big steaming cup of hot chocolate. They walk around and she fills him in on her out prowess. And he goes for it, asking any idea how beautiful you are. He opens up about being a photographer and talks about those faces that just inspire. He rubs his hot Cheeto fingers all over her face out of excitement and asks to take some <laughs> photos of her. Hey, why not? Joey goes to tell Jack that she'll be meeting him for the photo shoot, but now Jack is a little weirded out about it. He argues that he should go with her in case he ends up being a Bundy Dahmer type. 
<laughs> At the community art center, Jack and Colin direct Joey as she plays dress up for a fun little modeling montage. And during the sequence, Jack tells Colin that he and Joey are definitely just friends. After the shoot, Joey and Colin have a moment alone. Is this finally the time she'll get that smooch she's been chasing? Unfortunately not. He walks away from her. What's up with that? Later, as Joey and Colin leave together, he asks her if Jack is seeing anyone. Ah, there it is. Joey walks back to her booth and lets Jack know. He's very shocked, but not as shocked as he is when Joey tells him that she set him up with a date with Colin, and he is rightfully pissed. Just because he's also gay doesn't mean he's interested. Time passes and Jack provides Joey with some hot cocoa. He overreacted. It's hard for him to move forward and he doesn't know if he's ready. And you know what? He gives her a tiny little friendship peck right on the forehead. Friends forever. Later, <laughs> Joey finds Colin waiting for his date with Jack and lets him know that he won't be coming. He's bummed, but he tells her that he's just on the rebound. He said his ex was his friend before his boyfriend. And now that he's gone, he doesn't have either. Joey asks why they broke up, and Colin really doesn't know why. He wishes he wasn't in such a hurry to move forward that it's impossible to go back. Man, is this resonating with Joey or what? Meanwhile, Grams is setting up a booth of old people wicker baskets. Jen's helping her because she's not got anything better to do, I guess. They commiserate over being forever solo, but across the way, this extremely hot older man waltzes his way over. <laughs> it's Grams's old pal, Wit Hubley. They eye-fuck each other like no one's watching. He invites her for, din- for dinner that night, and Jen thinks it's a killer idea, but Grams is on the fence. A little while later, Wit once again waltzes over with a single rose, and Grams reluctantly accepts his invitation tonight at 8 o'clock. As he leaves, Grams expresses that part of her life is over, but Jen thinks a makeover is in, or- in order. Back at their place, Jen colors Grams's hair, trying to pump her up with how cool wit might be. As time passes, Jen dolls her up and we're finally given a glimpse of Grams 2.0. Hubba hubba yowza. But uh-oh, guys. Later that night, it looks like wit had to pass up the hot dinner date because his wife wasn't feeling well. What a nasty trick. But you know what? Grams learned a valuable lesson. It's time for her to open herself up to new experiences. But Jen wonders, is she ever afraid to face the future alone? You bet your buns. It's a part of the human experience. Meanwhile, Andy tries to get Pacey to pry open his third eye at the fortune teller's tent. She's desperate to know. But Pacey thinks it's all just a bunch of horseshit. Later, Pacey is dressed as a pig and has a dog puppet, the world-renowned Captain Skippy, and he puts on a show for precocious children. After some back and forth with a shitty kid, Pacey calls it quits. Simultaneously, Andy sees the psychic, who is speechless over her visions. As she exits the tent, Pacey tries to talk to her, but she runs away. Later, Pacey accosts the psychic, asking, "'Why couldn't you just tell her something nice?' Uh, But that's not her way. She turns her attention to Pacey, saying he is wearing a figurative mask that's not his own. Underneath that mask is a scared little boy resting on a precarious foundation. Yikes. Later, he finds Andy resting by a bonfire with a thousand-mile stare. She fills him in. The psychic told her that the troubles of her past are but a preview of what's to come. Pacey tries to reassure her that her future is looking bright, but she doesn't look convinced. Nevertheless, he pulls her into a hug. Elsewhere, Nicole brings up the inevitable to Dawson. When is she going to see his new film? 
She heard about it from Daddy Manmeat. They chat up his premise, and he lets her know that he's inspired, but also intimidated by her. Sometime later, the two film freaks end up in her own private screening room. He finally asks, will she watch the flick? She thought he'd never ask. As the film is midway through, Dawson looks on for some sort of reaction from Nicole, but doesn't get anything. Uh-oh. The film ends, and Nicole says it's fine. Dawson pushes for more, and she hits him with the truth. Uninspired. Flat production. Unbelievable dialogue. Has nothing to say. A derivative, cliche, preposterous soap opera. She says Hollywood is tough, and it would break her heart to see Dawson's spirit crushed. R.I.P. Dawson Leary. The next Ingmar Bergman? Not so much. Sometime later, our hero's walking around in a daze, and he witnesses his own father, Mr. Manmeat himself, giving Nicole a ride home. I wonder where that is going. He then witnesses Joey making a sale at her booth, and who is there to celebrate with her? Jack. As the psychic take down, takes down her tent, Dawson proclaims he already knows his future. It's an empty black void. She sits next to him and starts pulling tarot. She thinks a soulmate is in his path, one that he's known for a lifetime— Hmm, that which is lost can be found again. When he pulls his wallet to pay for her reading, she fucking disappears. Magic, baby. Now, dear listener, you may be wondering, how will this all close? Well, we find ourselves in Dawson's room. Out of losing his reasons for existence, he shatters Jack's film model of Capeside. He goes to his bedside table where a framed photo of Joey sits, and he picks up a phone. As this happens, would you believe it? Joey is standing outside. She should crawl up that ladder. Should she not? We will not know. Joey's number rings, but no one picks up. Into that, Dawson puts the phone down on the receiver. Joey sees the lights go out and turns around, rowing home in sadness. <laughs> As she approaches her house, a man stands at her porch. When she inquires who this mystery man might be, all is revealed. Daddy Potter, the drug kingpin of Capeside, has been released. Daddy's home, baby. And we close. Yowza. Uh, Okay, I have um, a new favorite name in Dawson's Creek, which is Colin Manchester. <laughs> the fakest name I have ever heard in my life. It is. It's like the other. What was that other guy that Joey met that had like a fake name yeah, too? It was, fuck, it's like every guy she meets has that. The violin was, player. Yeah, on the boat. Was similar. It was similar. <laughs> yeah, violin boatman. I'm pretty sure that was his name. Yeah, actually. it was Colin Manchester. <laughs> Boatman, violent Boatman. Boatman. Yeah. Nice yes. to meet. I came up with a few alternatives that I think is these were the deleted names that they tried before they landed on Colin Manchester. I just want to run them by you and see what you guys think. If these are usable, maybe an hour, uh, our remake that we're going to do. So I've got um, Dirk Boston. Oh, that's a, good, yeah. that's a pretty good one. I see. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a good like Mr. Man Meat type. Um, I've got Keith Amsterdam. <laughs> Oh, shit. That is good. Good one. Okay, good. Glad you guys like it. Neil Monaco. What do we think about oh, him? Oh, yeah. He's wearing Neil a Monaco. Monaco. Yeah, very He classy. sounds like a spy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Aiden Pittsburgh? <laughs> Aiden <laughs> Pittsburgh? Yeah, he's very working class type. You know, blue collar <laughs> guy. Man, I love that. And then my last one here is Felix Cairo. Oh, man, don't, oh, yeah. don't like that. You don't like Felix? <laughs> I Felix think. Cairo, that is tall, dark, and handsome for sure. That is tall, dark, and handsome. So I love those names. And I'm just so, I hope that every name we get from this point on is on the same level as Colin Manchester. Can you imagine he, meeting a person in real life named Felix? <laughs> I, I had a 
Felix before. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I don't think I've ever yeah. met a Felix. Well, Felix the cat? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Great cat. Great cat. <laughs> love him. His name reminded me of uh, the show Babylon 5, which I love. Like, great sci-fi show, but it has, like, the worst character names of all time. And there's a character named Michael Garibaldi. And I was like, <laughs> oh, they got to be cousins or something. <laughs> For a moment when you said Babylon 5, I thought Battlestar Galactica. And I was like, oh, fuck. Who's Michael Garibaldi in Battlestar Galactica? Was he a <laughs> Cylon? They all the same? Def- yeah. Definitely a Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me? I have a normal human being name. I'm not a robot. <laughs> Beep, bop, oops. I mean. <laughs> well, but Dawson's Creek, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool show. <clears throat> How miserable do you think it was filming this episode because I did some research. The filming location is Wilmington, North Carolina, at least for that that fair, because the background when they're showing across the water, that is Wilmington's skyscape. Uh, is that what it's called? Skyscape? How does that sound fucking weird? Cityscape? Cityscape. There we go. Mm. Um, skyline. I like skyscape, though. Skyline. 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 Thank skyline, you. Yeah. Thank you, James. Um, but wouldn't it be a riverscape if it's across the oh, river? River. Good water. God. Um, so I, I did some research on Wilmington's average temperature by month mm. and it never gets below 40 degrees and Ooh. they're all bundled up in like heavy jackets and yeah. coats and layers and beanies and hats. Mm-hmm. I mean, this released in March. So presumably it was filmed at least a month before then. So we're talking February. Oh, it's not like four or five months. Exactly. So it's so it like winter between October and February. It, it, it's like the average high is like 55 wow. and the average low is like 43. Huh. So these poor fucks had to walk around in the sun pretending oh it's cold, God. you know, <laughs> sitting around fires. <laughs> Those poor people. I feel, I felt so bad for them when I was like, Oh my God, that must, they must've been so swampy. Dude, yeah, the fair disgusting. was popping. There were so many fucking people there. Yeah. Yes. It was a rager. That County fair looks pretty sick. Yeah. It looked like it was uh, all in one city block. Yes. <laughs> Did not come across as a fair. It all felt very weird to me. The yes. vibe was weird. It was weird, I don't know yeah. If it was just how they shot it, how they yeah. did the stories. It felt like they had this property for maybe like a week to shoot and no one could shoot on the same day. So they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're doing individual stories for all the characters, yeah. but they will never fucking really interact uh, yeah. except for Dawson kind of like hobbling I- around. Yeah. It felt <laughs> totally. Really None weird. of them interacted. Yeah. Except for Dawson walking by Joey. It's almost like they had never been to a county fair before. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, I think it's like you buy peanuts and uh, there's an, and, there's an art stand. Yeah. And oh, 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 there's a, there's a fortune teller. Yep. That's, yep. you got it. There we go. And a dare program yeah. rip off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was Pacey's like dog? character this is now two episodes in a row where pacey gets the like the z story yeah like, yeah. It's like whatever's going on with pacey could not like no one totally gives a fuck. we didn't even i yeah. that's what i was remembering last episode we didn't talk about pacey yeah. at all he wasn't There's nothing there. happening he wasn't yeah. there he drove people around yeah poor Bizarre. guy and this time he basically gets the same treatment I yeah mean, totally he, mm-hmm. His whole, I mean, his whole like episode arc is like auga sex time maybe <laughs> if i play this fucking weird dog character like that's yeah, it. And I still don't I, even understand. Like, why is Andy involved with this character? Like, why does, why she, does she care? care? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't make any sense. I don't uh, understand. Yeah, it really seems like now Pacey almost <laughs> Pacey's almost getting the Gen treatment of 
now his entire being is uh, whatever's happening to his partner at the time. Right. And yeah. like, and again, like I think I've talked about it in the last couple episodes, but Andy's writing like just feels like really inconsistent. Again, like I know that she just like kind of lost her fucking mind with her parents and whatever's going on at the house, but it seems like her character is very, I don't know. I don't really know what it is. It's inconsistent. But here it has never been more inconsistent. I don't know why she wants Pacey to participate in this dog cop thing. I <laughs> don't know why she's like so into psychics because before this she's been so level-headed right. and very yeah. much a realist. It's so weird. Very Having weird. an identity crisis. I think like she's that. got like a know. secret fetish for puppeteers. She's <laughs> like, oh yeah. my God. I just love the way you put your hand in that little dog and make him talk. <laughs> God. God. He sounds well, like it, Courage the... No, not Courage the Cowardly oh, Dog. Shit, I was thinking... Yeah. Uh, what's the the roast dog? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Triumph. Yeah. Triumph. There we go. Triumph. Triumph. Yeah. Yeah. Comic dog, yes, yeah. of course. Triumph. Yeah. It does feel like... So it was like, you know, a few episodes ago, it was like very pacey heavy. And now it seems like the last couple have been more Jack-focused. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that they're, we're getting some more... Uh, development or just like seeing more of who Jack is. But yeah, I wonder, I've noticed that, you know, throughout all these episodes where it seems like, you know, they only kind of focus more on a couple people. And I wonder if they're ever going to get to a point where we can have like a nice balance of everyone having Mm -hmm. like some Mm -hmm. good interactions and development together. Well, I think the problem is, it's like, because when this show started, it was much more of an ensemble, but there wasn't enough meet to what was actually happening in the show to really give us anything to work with. And I think back then we were even saying, like, it would be great if they started, like, focusing on individual stories. But I think what the problem is here is that they're so disconnected from each other that it doesn't amount to anything. Like, the whole Larry David Seinfeld thing was that everyone will have their own story, but then it all culminates into one funny joke at the end. Like, it's all building up to one thing and they're all interconnected. But here, like... Whatever's mm-hmm. happening with Grams and Wit or whatever the fuck his name has nothing to do with what's going on with Jack. And, like, all these things are just, like, mm-hmm. completely disconnected. If this was the first time you were ever watching Dawson's Creek, you wouldn't even know if these people were friends or, yeah. like, yeah. why totally. it's all yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got weirdly nostalgic for watching that episode where they all go and watch a movie together and then they freak out and... Like and, a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> and, you know, it's in season one and yeah. then like yeah. Dawson and Joey getting their like argument and all that kind of stuff. That mm-hmm. that felt like kind of what I'm missing right now is like they have like, I mean, that was basically just an ensemble episode, but they're all interacting together and they're all doing stuff. And like that had yeah. a new location and it had like Cape Side was featured a little bit. And I kind of just miss that just a little bit. Like I'm really happy that we're getting character development, but I feel like we don't, it doesn't need to be an either or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, it's weird, too, because it's like one step forward, two steps back. We're getting a new location. We're getting the opportunity to do the things that we want them to do. But instead, they fall short and decided to have these like weird, disconnected storylines that don't really add up to much. And, yeah, it's, and it's hard to tell if it's like intentional, like they're leaving it us wanting that because i feel like there's a little bit of that in joey and jack reestablishing their friendship like that was kind of fun but it's you know it would have been more fun to see like that between other characters yeah so maybe that was just like them like teasing us with it i'm not sure well and I, I keep thinking back to that episode between um that i guess that moment between um 
it was the biology episode where where uh, they had to like study frogs or whatever the oh, fuck. So like I know Pacey's yeah. with Andy and all that stuff, but like remember they bonded. They had like a moment there and mm-hmm. Joey just went through this big thing and we haven't even seen have we even seen Pacey go up to and be like, Hey, like I'm sorry that this happened or like have any kind of real moment with her? I don't think we have I don't think so. To Joey? Yeah. We got it very briefly two episodes ago. Pacey like goes into the ice, or no, it was the last episode when they're Pacey goes into the ice house to discuss right. oh, yeah. Dawson's birthday. birthday. But again, it's one line. Yeah, that's yeah. all there is, and then they disconnect again. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't really feel like they're actual friends. It's more mm-hmm. just like they're not. Capi- people are just going through motions to get to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just not really capitalizing on these big pivotal character moments to bring them together in a way that I think mm-hmm. like Seinfeld would. Like they would bring the characters together if that happened in Seinfeld. At mm-hmm. least. In some portion, in some way, here it's like, hey, this big thing happened. Well, let's, um, I don't know, let's have Pacey be a puppeteer. You know, that yeah, that seems like a good insane. use of him. And I'm sure that that dog is going to come back. You know, there's there's no way that was a throwaway joke, right? No, we're never going to see someone, that fucking dog again. Yeah. <laughs> someone did not sit in uh in the back of a sweaty, unacid office and create that puppet for nothing it has to come back in some way shape or form I hope so. maybe his dad was like the one that created officer stitchy or whatever the fuck that dog's yeah. name was skippy skippy, skippy. right stitchy is a way better name yeah stitchy um but yeah speaking of just like you know them just throwing shit away no discussion of consequences or anything for dawson and andy after they're oh, like I drunken Com- oh not completely yeah. absent yeah, yeah. Happen. nothing. Yeah, I mean, maybe no that's one's why. Talking about it. Nope. Maybe that's why everybody is so disconnected this episode, right? That's true. But it's also so strange that this episode is a lot of people not doing anything, but mm-hmm. there's so many status quo changes. Yeah, like, I mean, I didn't. Yeah, uh, I don't really even know how to like state this properly, but I didn't like this episode. But I loved that we finally get someone telling Dawson to fuck off fuck yeah. and crushing his mm-hmm. dreams. That's like the craziest thing that's ever happened to him so far as a character. Everyone's been basically simping for him and saying that he's the smartest filmmaker of all time. And I mean, the, where do we go from here? That's amazing. We yep. also get Andy who looks like she's never been like worse in her entire life. That seems fucked up. We also get uh daddy Potter coming home. Yeah. Like all of these like really huge things happened mm-hmm. in a very mediocre episode. Yeah. I can't, I, I just can't believe that this is how they brought daddy home on this yeah. fucking episode. So, like, so weird. Yeah. Do you think they were just like, we need to have something happen? I mean, I'm trying, I'm like I've been like trying to think about it like connecting it to the themes of this episode and the last couple of episodes. I know in the mm-hmm. last episode we talked about uh what's going on with Joey and Dawson and it's kind of a regression of who they used to be <laughs> and when like their life was so much more simple and safe and so it's like like it feels kind of like that is why they want to be together again. I think that's why they're pushing those characters back together again and what also is of the past daddy potter being back home so it almost seems Hmm. like these characters are time traveling back to when they were babies but that's why daddy's there but again like that's weak i'm really like grasping at straws here to connect these kind of themes yeah i i kind of see one one of the themes is like maybe identity 
I feel like everyone's kind of in limbo in this episode. Um, there are a lot of like differences in their identities than like previously. Like we have, we dream Joey, right? That's not, she's not being herself in the dream. And then um, we have her going through this glam photo shoot and being becoming different characters, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's a and super then, good point. So I think perhaps her dad showing up is maybe like, a foreshadow of her, maybe she'll be learning more about herself through her relationship with her dad that she yeah. hasn't had. Yeah. I, I, I like also noticed, sorry, I also noticed that we get Joey mentioning her mom and like her mom's appreciation for art. And we never really yes. hear Joey talk about her mom mm-hmm. or parents in general. But I, I did just think that was interesting that she talks yeah. about her mom and that at the end we see her dad and I wonder if that'll so I think yeah I'm wondering if like she'll learn more about her mom through her dad maybe and then she'll learn mm. more about herself yeah I like or maybe daddy Potter will only be there to talk about how great Dawson is and then he'll leave <laughs> right oh. right of course we need that's right he loves Dawson yeah we need somebody <laughs> to vouch for that poor guy well folks speaking of vouching for a poor guy There's no way to transition, but we're going to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you when we're back. Well, here's the thing. I mean, like, I just, like, I can't, like, stop thinking about Nicole's takedown of Dawson's entire life. This is who his character is. It's his creek after yeah. all. But this is, mm-hmm. like, we've we've all been waiting for this moment. And I think it's so impactful because I can't even imagine what the ramifications are, right? So it's like either he falls off the horse and gets back on. This is inspiring to him to do better. And I think every artist needs to have this moment. It's extremely important to the process to be told, like, your shit sucks. Like, you have to fucking grow from this. Uh, but he's also a little dweeb that hates being told that he's wrong. He hates his narrative being confronted. He hates confrontation in general. He doesn't like his worldview to be challenged. So, like, is this going to be it? Is this where he changes the trajectory of the rest of his life? What mm. do you think? Good I, question. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I think, I think it'll either be... He goes into like a slump of just being like, I don't know who I am anymore if I'm not good at this. Um, and then kind of come back from that inspired. Or or he'll just like, I don't know. Actually, he does seem pretty like forlorn right now. So I think he's going to have some type of like self-doubt for a while before he comes back. But I do think he's yeah. going to continue his passion I think Poor Lauren, he looked like he just witnessed an atom bomb going off in his face. <laughs> right, but I he's think he's walking around that fair. <laughs> with it's his, like I mean, honestly, it was completely done. Yeah, I was like, I loved that this happened, and I almost felt a little bit bad for him. Oh, I have sympathy for him. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Like though, yeah. if if someone came yeah. to me and did the same thing to me, it's life shattering. It's everything who he is. He even mm-hmm. establishes it at the top of the episode, which made me feel like, okay, they're going to challenge this a little bit, where he tells his daddy that, like, filmmaking's all I got. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like, though, he's been told no before by Joey, and yet he keeps going. And mm-hmm. so with that pattern, with that being True. said, like, I think he's, he's, you know, he'll be down for a little bit, but I think he'll maybe he'll use this as, as a way to come back stronger and do better or improve. I hope so, because, like, he, of of anybody to give him this kind of, like, evisceration, it needed to be somebody like Nicole or whatever the fuck her name is, right, Nicole? Yeah, yeah. Nicole Kennedy, Kennedy, yes. Miss Kennedy, thank you. Um, It needed to be somebody like her, right? He even says beforehand, like, holy shit, like, she's like a real deal. Like, she's here to shoot, to write something for TriStar or something, which ironically enough is also the production company behind Dawson's Creek. Um, But, uh, you know, like, he's basically saying, like, she is real. Her opinion matters. I'm really, like, I look up to her in a way because of the fact that she made it. And then what does she do? She's like, dude, your stuff isn't good enough. It's not going to cut it. But it's not, you're not good enough. It's Mm -hmm. if you want to make it, this isn't going to do it. And I think that is such a crucial change in the in the message. And if he is able to actually hear that, then he'll come yes. back like better than ever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now he's got somebody who actually mm-hmm. says this isn't good and these are the reasons why. Hopefully, he'll change. But as we saw from last episode, he's in like an identity crisis. He's in a spiral, right? He's like, all of my friends are moving forward in life and not me. We're 16 and everybody's got their lives figured out. Like, no, they they don't. (laughs) No, they don't. Yeah. (laughs) Look around. (laughs) Well, so what you're saying, it, um, it kind of reminded me of this really funny letterboxd review I saw for the movie Joker, where all they wrote was, if you've never swam in the ocean, then of course a pool will seem deep. (laughs) and like which is like so accurate for joker but it also makes me think of all the people in dawson's life that have cheered him on right up to this point they're not film people they don't really understand art because it's just not their thing so of course for them anything that comes out of his mouth is going to seem deep and like really meaningful but now we finally have someone that's been swimming in the ocean who can tell him that his shit stinks which is fucking cool and another interesting thing too is when it comes to challenging his worldview specifically with film and this like passion that he has the two people that have done in his life have both been women that are older than him which i think is pretty interesting be it nicole but also our favorite character from the walking dead who Um, was in that providence bar who was like your influence is spielberg that dude's a fucking bombastic hack uh (laughs) But it's interesting that they are using, like, older women to be the voice of this kind of, like, they're the knowledge that knows that they can see who Dawson really is, which is interesting. Yeah. I'm just so curious what we thought about the moment where Nicole gets in Mr. Man Meets Car. So random. I wanted one other scene with them because, like, to explain that, I mean. Yeah. Because... I. Uh, like what? I disagree, actually. Oh, really? I like how they did because they set it up in a way that was nuanced without it being loud. Oh, because yeah. Because you do hear her say, your dad was telling me right. about how great your movie okay. was. That's true. So and I feel like that was like a really him. good little That's sneak a good preview point. that they're yeah. like something. I don't know. I don't remember that, but you're right. You're right. That's, That's a good point that it is there before that scene, so... Yeah. It's just I, enough it's, to make yeah. you go, fuck, like, like are they hanging out? <laughs> yeah. In the staff lounge. Yeah. Man. And, like, 
even more to it, like, the first thing I think is, okay, she's dating Mr. Manmeat, or they're seeing each other, like, there's something going on there. Are we getting kind of, like, an Oedipus story, too? Like, he wants to fuck this new mommy, and it's the mommy that told him that he sucks, and she's better at what he wants to do, (laughs) which is so interesting. (laughs) Yeah, It's such an interesting exploration of this, like, weird dichotomy. I, I immediately know. got like an Oedipus complex vibe from that moment. Cause it was like, why mm-hmm. else would we have that be the reveal? Right. Because he has to be betrayed by somebody, right? She, that has to be like what happens there because, well, I wonder, I was going to say, because he has to, there has to be a reason for him to like doubt what she says. Well, the mm. reason she's saying this is because, you know, my, she's talking to my dad and my dad's trying to get me to like do a real thing and not this art stuff or whatever the fuck. Right. Like that's some kind of narrative sure. he would want to spin himself. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it just felt really like pointed that it's, that it's Mr. Man meat and specifically that it happens then. Right after she gets done ripping him apart, she gets in in his dad's car. Like, ooh, painful. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. And also, before I forget, I mean, we haven't even talked about the metatextual part of this entire thing. That Dawson, who's essentially Kevin Williamson, and he's making Creek Days, which is a story about... Dawson's childhood, which is what Kevin Williamson is doing with Dawson's Creek, and then yeah. someone who's better than him telling him that it sucks. Is this like a way to like, I don't know, we don't really know necessarily like where Kevin Williamson is with his involvement within this show, but is this the writers saying, hey, Kevin, like your idea <laughs> of what this is supposed to be kind of sucks? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I definitely hmm. saw the parallel between the criticism she was giving Dawson and the criticisms that I think we have given Dawson's Creek. Yes. Right? Like absolutely. this dialogue makes no fucking sense. Season yeah, one yeah. production was awful. Right? Like there were so many things, yeah. flat storytelling, like all this stuff is like the basically better versions of of our four hour long episodes that we used to have much more efficient. <laughs> so it did feel like they were either, they were definitely, I felt like they were, they had to be being self-aware. Oh yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think that was intentional there. That if, was being self-aware. If not like you're saying yeah. Cody, where like the writer's room is trying to be like, Hey, if this is the only way we can get you to see this, <laughs> we're going to put it in the fucking show. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's either that or they're being self-reflective of their own creation and they want to tell the audience like we know and we're trying to build from this. Mm. Right. Something's mm-hmm. there. Or is it a potential? I thought maybe there was a third option there as well, which is by equating the criticism Dawson is getting from Miss Kennedy with the criticism Dawson's Creek is getting from the media, are we kind of in a way basically saying like Dawson actually is doing good, right? Like Dawson's Creek, way ahead of its time. People love it, right? It's this huge thing. The things that people hated about it are actually things that people love about it. Like this dialogue makes no sense, but it's so cool and snappy, sure, right? Yeah. Stylistic. Mm-hmm. So are we supposed to think that like, is is this kind of Kevin Williamson in a way being like, see, I fucking told you guys. I fucking told you. <laughs> I don't know. I have like another reading of it too. And maybe I'm getting like too deep into this, but I just... I love it so much. It's the Spielberg obsession, right? He thinks Spielberg is the end-all be-all of cinema and filmmaking. Like, that is his idol and that's who he wants to be. Then why the fuck is he making a melodrama? 
Spielberg has only made one kind of melodrama. Well, I guess two. You get uh, The Color Purple and you get The Fablemans. But outside of that, it's very much like action blockbustery stuff. In season one of Dawson's Creek, Dawson is making a monster movie. That's very akin to what Spielberg would want to do, like Jurassic Park or Jaws, right? But here, a melodrama, that's not really who he is. And I'm wondering if one of the reasons that his movie does suck is because it's not him being authentic with who he wants to be and is instead making something that he thinks like other people would enjoy instead of being true to like what his real ambitions are. Because I know like a lot of filmmakers, I mean, that's like the whole thing with art, right? Like if you make something that you're not wholeheartedly believing in, people will know that and it's going to suck. So like, is this like another way of saying like Dawson doesn't even know who he is? Right. And it's like him trying to chase something that's not who he is by making this shitty melodrama. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, he hasn't necessarily come out and said it, but in a way he has. The whole point of this project really is to kind of like reclaim Joey. Right. I was going to say he's, yes. getting, he's letting love get in the way of his creativity because mm. he's made this movie about her, Joey. That's, right. I mean, so like, about, yeah he can't really be successful in making art if he doesn't actually have artistic intentions. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, I've never not wanted Dawson. Wait, okay. Let me find a way to say this. I've never simultaneously wanted Dawson to stop making movies more as the same time as I've wanted him to like validate why he makes movies. Yes. Yeah. Well put. Mm -hmm. Rise to the challenge, bud. I'm talking to you, uh, let's see, 25 years in the past. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to switch gears. That's okay with everyone. Wowie, zowie. (laughs) Too fast, too furious. (laughs) It's all about family. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So one thing I noticed, uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, that like the core four don't really have any interactions with each other. And the main dynamics were of each of the core four I think were all having kind of like a a a lesson or some type of like a reflective conversation with someone older than them so we see Dawson and the film teacher him learning like that he's not very talented uh Joey uh, having her relationship reflected with Dawson, with, uh, what's his face? Uh, Felix Cairo. Yep, Felix, <laughs> Felix Cairo. Dirk Boston. Uh, Jen and Grams having their moment at the end where uh, she talks about the future, facing the future alone. Um, and then, like, Pacey and the fortune teller, um, where where she talks about how his life is like a house of cards and it could all come crashing down. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it seemed like there was like this theme of like moving forward. Mallory, you mentioned identity, Mm -hmm. like what Mm -hmm. the future holds, but I did think that was interesting. Like, cause we, before, you know, we talked about like, Oh, maybe like they all just couldn't shoot together. But I do wonder if, if this was like, a purposeful thing where it's like, we want everyone to like learn something from someone else that we don't normally see. Maybe. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's astute. I think that it's purposeful that they're all, I mean, like what do we think about when we get elder advice? It's wisdom. Like right. they're giving us something like a life lesson, but 
I just wish that there was like even still some more interaction with like how these characters are like being related to each other thematically oh, with absolutely. that too. But yes, it is something like it does feel purposeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious what you guys think about the psychic in this episode. Like all jokes Dude. aside about supernatural paranormal stuff. She kind of like hits some shit on the head, but is she just kind of like, you know, like, I guess the thing that I, that sticks out in my mind is when Joey goes and gets her fortune read, mm-hmm. you know, she says a bunch of stuff and, and it kind of like, you know, something about like a person with a C or was that Abby? No, yeah, it was Joey. I think yeah. it was, I think that was Joey. She with started with like, and, like you know the, someone with a C. Name. Yeah, Caroline, or <laughs> she's lost her pet, all that stuff. But And then yeah. when she kind of sees that it's like not going, then like the wind blows and then, ooh, spooky stuff happens. But then she ends it and she says like a tall, dark hands, or a, a mysterious stranger is going to come back into your life or something right. like that, right? Tall, yeah. yeah. Which is her dad. Yeah, her exactly. Dad. Yeah. It's her dad. So... What do we think about that? In that moment, is the fortune teller just being like, all right, fuck it. I can see you're not buying any of this shit. So I'm going to say the thing that like, oh, even Pacey makes that joke earlier, right? Yes. Oh, I see a mysterious stranger coming back into your life. So what do we think? Like, what are they saying here with this psychic? You believe what you want to believe from the people that tell you vis-a-vis this wisdom that's being given? Mm. Or there's actually people out there that have like... I don't know. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's why psychics work. They can give you something that you can find relatable in your own life and it gives it meaning. Uh within the world of Dawson's Creek, do I believe that she has magic powers? <laughs> kind of, because it she's nail on the head with every single character about what they're doing. And then sure. she magically mm-hmm. disappears like the hobo daddy yes. yeah. at the oh, ice yeah. house for Jack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think they're together? Yes. I think they're yes. the same person, actually. Being 100% real Oh, here, yeah. We haven't been, spe- you know, we haven't been spending time in, J- in James's parano- paranormal corner, but I definitely think that these two people are the same entity that can change the way they appear. There you go. It's like the smoke monster or whatever in Lost can be whatever the fuck Hell they yeah. want. Yeah. I think that actually, you know, if I'm, while I'm on this thread, I think this is the smoke monster in Lost too. <laughs> <laughs> this is the man in black? Yeah. That's Man, you have no idea how much time I spent on the message boards <laughs> back in 2007 <laughs> writing about the Man of Black, what it all means. I also, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so we never talked about how Dawson's movie looks like sh- absolute shit. <laughs> Just like I mean, this, in the dream? <laughs> no, like, it. well, yeah, in the dream, but in the, the, the scenes that we see of oh, um, them watching, watching it. Yeah. Just like, right. looks real bad. And then that's yeah, Devin looks covered so in bad. Blood. Yeah, yeah. She's like has like red was, stuff on her. It was supposed to be them filming the first, the yeah. first movie, right? I guess. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. A if she's playing Joey, then he is yeah. so fucking bad. <laughs> it just made me laugh. The bad. the closing scene of um, Joey or like Rachel Lee Cook rowing and it's just like yes. this like oh, yeah. horrible music and she's just like has this like goofy <laughs> look on her so face bad. and just like oh god it's so embarrassing yeah so yeah. bad so bad I hope he gives up on this project and just shoots a whole new project that's actually good yeah because I wonder because it was for it's for a contest right they gave him like funding they gave him funding yeah yeah, yeah actually I guess so that's it's a like good is point. he gonna submit it or Oh, was it 
the funding was from the previous contest. Right. And then yeah. he was going to submit this one too. But I think it like got him an, like an entry oh. or whatever or consideration for yeah. the next hmm. year's festival or something like that. Who knows? Better oh, a make ribbon. a different one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like talking about like a true artist and what that means, I also thought it was interesting that Joey, when she went back to talk to Jack about her first like hangout with uh, Felix... <laughs> was that she was like really drawn into him because he was a true artist because he talked about his photography. And again, it feels like you're, we're seeing a narrative that's like pretty straightforward, right? That it's like, they're going to end up back together, Joey and Dawson. Right. Uh, and, but she has this attraction to a, a true artist. And now that Dawson's artistry has been called into question Ooh. now, will that even happen? Will she see Dawson for tr- who he truly is, which is not an artist or not a hmm. good artist? Damn. Is this like a, all a red herring? I guess I'm is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean he he's kind of being called out for having simple tastes, right? Yes. Not an artistic eye, not an artistic mind, and I mean not that that's necessarily what Joey needs, but like that is definitely where she is going, right? That's where she's that's what she's trying to explore to find her own identity. Back to identities. Um. Yeah. Wow. I, that's really interesting. What what did we think about all of Joey's really cool outfits? <laughs> Dude, I thought that, that she looked cool. Was something else. Yeah, oh, that wait, was, so was, when she was, when she was oh, wait, the, the photo shoot. The, yes. yes, yeah. <laughs> I thought. I mean, I was like, dang, she looks good. I yeah, I thought she looked good. Yeah. What was your favorite I, look? Uh, ooh, I like the Annie Hall. Yeah, describe like it. with the, the, hat. the yes. hat and the yes. you know, like the collared shirt. Uh huh. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was very Annie Hall. Yeah, but I did I like think um, <clears throat> maybe that that like brought her like another level of like confidence. Yes, I think so. I hope so. You know, it's like she's breaking out of her shell, right? Yeah. She's like trying yeah. something new, and she's and Colin tells her this is a way to explore different par- parts of your personality. So right. yeah, I think you mean Felix, but yeah, I, oh, I of course, <laughs> Felix. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what did okay so did was let's talk about the whole uh felix thing real quick did we did we believe were you guys thrown for a loop by him because i i really didn't know which way i i was like yes jack you do need to go with her because that dude is 100 percent gonna kill her <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. i was like oh no he's really into her this is like he's trying to flirt with her i did not see the jack thing coming what about you guys no, because he was like all over. He was, he was touching her lips. Like what? Yeah, yeah. who what the, the fuck heck? does that? Yeah, <laughs> it, it reminded me of the, the Seinfeld episode with the big hands, where they like the <laughs> oh, camera yeah. like goes to the yes. hands, and it's like they're <laughs> the man hands. <laughs> it's like yeah. the man hands. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so awkward. No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. that like the the whole thing with this this entire episode is red herrings, right? Like right. you're yes. you're led to believe one thing and then yeah. it twists. But they went in like. So hard on Colin being totally. into her that yeah. it just felt yeah. like a very stupid twist. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was it was just really weird, and it really felt like they pulled the rug out from under us as viewers to be like, "This dude wants to fuck hard. He loves her. He's giving her nothing but compliments." And right. does he ever look at Jack? No. Does he ever talk to Jack? No. Nothing happens until they're at the photo shoot. Right then they start talking, but it's like. So then at the end to have him be like, so is that guy Jack dating anybody? It just felt like, wait, what the fuck? Why? Why is this what yeah. you decided to do? Like, is it it's another gay twist. panic thing? I don't think it was a gay no. panic thing. I think that they were like genuinely, 
I mean, I think it was like actually for a good purpose. I think it was in, an important arc, or arc, but it's important to show an audience yeah. that like the like Joey's decision to be like, oh, I'm going to set you up with this guy because he's also right. gay. And like Jack being like, that's kind of fucked up just because yeah. he's gay doesn't mean I'm interested. That was kind of cool. And it feels ahead of its time mm-hmm. for 1999. Um but again, it's like what this episode is doing is like there's like cool intentions with like certain things, but the way that they did it was just so ham-fisted or yeah. just dumb. Yeah. And yeah, totally. Also, um, how about those little face smooches for Joey? Jack smooching oh her God. on the head and then oh. Felix Weird. smooching her on the cheek. Weird. Yeah, she's Wait, did a Jack lot of smooches. kiss her on the head? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, wow. Give her a little forehead Man. smooch. Well, she wanted like kisses. She's been, she's been thinking about kisses all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now she's rocking and rolling in kisses. <laughs> Covered in smooches. That's incredible. Hmm. Did you see that deleted scene with the, the mask stuff with Pacey? No. I oh, my God. So, like, well, it's, like, more of, like, an extended sequence. But when the psychic is talking to Pacey about, like, who is, like, the man behind the mask, Pacey gets like really flustered and scared that he thinks he's actually wearing a mask. And so he cuts in with his nails into his neck and rips his face flesh off. Oh, no, and I And just did. dies on the spot, yeah. I, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, that's how you're going to end the arc of Pacey. He didn't even get to talk to Andy or have any closure. I saw that one, but in, in the one that I saw, he didn't die at the end. He just turned into Pizza the Hut. No. <laughs> yeah. It was really I weird. I love a good Mel Brooks reference. Yeah, it was really weird. He pulled off his face, then he just said, Pizza! <laughs> That's beautiful. It was weird. Why don't they keep these scenes in? I don't get it. It is yeah. insane. This Almost is the, a better show. It would be way better. This is what the people want. What was your guys' favorite booth at the county fair? It's a perfect Grams, segue. Gramses. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about in real life? Or this I won't talk or? about in real life, but I do. Oh. I agree with that. Wait, in real, <laughs> Wait, actually, in real no, life? Oh, wit, like at, at a normal yeah. fair? Oh, Wits? like at... The lo- Graham's love interest, Wit, is that his name? His yes. lamps oh, were pretty good looking. He had some like nice wood lamp bases. Oh, I didn't even notice. Wow. Yeah. Fancy. It's like I'd buy one of those. I want one of those chip clips. Yeah. <laughs> Graham's, Graham's chip clips. Did, did she, do we think she sold anything? Great question. Absolutely I also not. want to know, did she make all of that? There was so much shit there. There was like yeah, I'm sure she did. And like all these different yeah. things. Like, did she make all of I these? I mean, well, like, she has so much time now that yeah. Gramps is dead. Yeah, maybe it's Gramps' stuff and she's still getting rid That's of all. That's true, yeah. yeah. I well can't stand to look at this crap anymore. <laughs> what about her makeover, though, eh? Yeah, she yeah did, she's, she's got, a, got a glow up. Uh, yes. I thought it was embarrassing. Yeah. It, yeah, it was, it was a little bad. cringy, but I was also like, hey... I didn't like that Jen dyed her hair, and I don't know why. I, I mean, I know why. I find old people dyeing their hair to be extremely embarrassing. I think people right? should just embrace mm-hmm. their age. And you can be, be it sends a bad message. You can I be agree. beautiful with yep. your hair color the way oh, it yeah. is. You don't need to color it and pretend that you're 10 years younger. Who are you and fooling? I think that's like another theme of like false identity. That's not oh, her, yes. you know? It's just, Fuck, you're yeah. so right. Yeah. Yeah, because she's being made up into Jen's version of sexy grandma. Yeah. Not, oh, and that's right. perfect to show that that's what Jen views relationships mm. to be. You have to become Fuck. somebody else to be taken hey. in by a love. Fuck. We got there, guys. Yeah. We should Damn. end right fucking now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's so but, that's so right, though, right? Because, like, and, and I mean, also that it ends the way it does with Wid. Whitby, what the fuck is his name? Whit Hubby. Whitby. Whitby. It's Whitby. (laughs) 
Whitby Island? Whitby Oldman. Whitby, with him ending up being married in the end, all that work for that is just like, of course, that's like the payoff when you are completely fake yourself. You're going to this this fake fuck here is going to be the person that you you get. Yes, and it didn't really make much sense, too, because he was clearly very attracted to Grams before the makeover. So I don't know why Jen thought that's what she needed for it. God, it made you, no I mean, sense. I do know, but it's like very silly. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the deleted scene? <laughs> oh my god, no! Where where Wit shows up to? You mean uh, would be Oldheimer? Where would be Oldman? Yeah, would be Oldheimer. Is that what you said? Yeah, Oldenheimer. Uh, he dropped the a bomb. Um, <laughs> where he shows up to the date and he walks around and he says, "I'm looking for an old woman." <laughs> And Grams is like, oh, Whitby, it's me. It's Whitby. And he says, no, not you, you young tart. I'm looking for an old hag. And he just wow. keeps saying that over and over again. Did you and then get- when he saw her, that's why he turned around and went back to his wife. Yeah, he's like, fuck, I like my old ladies. <laughs> She's sick. That's what I really want. <laughs> so that's an Mal saw it. You guys did. Yeah. No. I Leave it in the show. Yeah. Damn it. But what about, okay, like we've talked about everyone, but we haven't really talked about like what that meant for Pacey to be told that he's wearing this mask of another person. But I was Mm -hmm. so confused by that because it seems like, if anything, the mask that he was wearing is when he was, uh, you know, Mr. Fuckboy Fart Guy, uh, who's like, no one cares about me. I'm just a dumb piece of shit who likes to be inappropriate. But now Mm -hmm. we're seeing, at least what I took this as, with him dating Andy, we're seeing the true him. He's really smart. He's succeeding in school. He's doing great. He's he's a hero. So, like, what is the mask that she's referring to? Is he actually just a piece of shit? I... Well, in, oh. oh, go ahead. I was just kidding. In this episode, he... I mean, he's playing... He's wearing a, you know, cop's mm. jacket and playing a just, Skippy the whatever. Yeah. Because he's Andy told him he should. So True. True. You know. He's so easily talked into doing something right. he doesn't yeah. want to do. You know, that's a good point. And I mean, that's a very literal to this episode, you know, right. observation. But, but yeah, you know, the whole theme of identity. I yeah. think that's a fair point. And I think there's also that nuance of him pretending to be a cop. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, know. he's always you know driving around in the cop car. Yeah. So so he is kind of wearing these masks. Are are we supposed to think that this isn't the real Pacey still? Like he's still got he's got to come out of his cocoon. Well, I yeah I wonder about like I, you know i do think andy has helped him grow and a lot but i i wonder how much of his identity is wrapped up in andy and you know what what he would be like without her yeah right yeah, yeah. it would be really interesting to see him without andy does he continue this like hero streak or does he drop it right that'll be the ultimate test to see if Mm. this is his true identity does he take these lessons he's learned with him moving forward if they break up right yeah and i I wonder how much longer they will be together yeah because it feels like feels like they're like writing her out or something because she's such a weirdo now she is and this whole reversal i don't know if it's a reversal but like plying him with sex feels weird doesn't it yeah yes Yes. extremely weird i mean like we don't know what she promised him but we can only assume that she's like all you know just a dry tuggy we don't know right (laughs) god yeah i mean we've been talking a lot about the status quo change of dawson but the 
real status quo change I'm looking forward to is seeing what Pacey will be like without Andy. And I feel like that will be very telling. Will he revert back to who he used to be or will he transform into something else? I don't know. Yeah. I'm so curious to find out. And what happens to Andy after this? Like exactly. Because yeah. right yeah. now I'm so convinced that if they break up, she's going to like, they're going to just be like, well, she's a basket case now. Oopsies. She's mm. cuckoo crazy. Yeah. It fucking sucks. And we also get that, that, that line from the psychic. This is the troubles of her past is only a preview of what's mm-hmm. to come. So I can only imagine that like, that's gotta be, there's gotta be some, you know, something coming for her. Yeah, they're either talking about her mental health or her relationship with her dad. Right. Like, yeah. And then the candle. Those things are not over. The candle like blew out. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, is she gonna intense. die? Right. Harry. Oh my god, she's gonna get killed. <laughs> god, heard it here first. Uh, it just sucks because when Andy was introduced, she was like my favorite character in the show, and mm-hmm. now they've just run her into the dirt, and they really have yeah. nothing to do with her anymore, other than being like, oh, like she needs to take her meds, and that, which sucks, yeah. like obviously, but come on, there's so much more you could do with that character. Yeah. yeah. So much more. Well, did we do it? Anybody have any final thoughts or more thoughts? Holy. I think we did it. Holy moly. All right. So it is time for ratings, recommendations, and Peak Creek moment of the week. Yep. All right. Who wants to go go first? Cody, kick it off. Uh, I'm giving this week a 3.5. I feel like I'm giving it a better grade than it deserves, and I know this is like a stinker of an episode, but I think it's so important that we finally see Dawson being confronted. Uh, We're finally witnessing him face this like insurmountable challenge, and so far up to this point, everyone's been kind of giving him a a dry handy over being like the greatest filmmaker of all time. Guess what? He's not, he's just a fucking kid. That's like still learning. So now we're seeing this change and I'm really excited to see what happens. I also liked the Jack storyline, especially him calling out Joey for immediately trying to set him up with Colin. Um, but I mean, obviously, like we said, this episode is kind of a stinker. There wasn't really anything going on for Jen Pacey or Andy other than just some bullshit. So 3.5, uh, Peak Creek moment, Nicole telling Dawson that his movie fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) okay uh, i'm going to give it a three um i thought it was okay um i liked it more that more than the previous episode but i thought there were a lot of weird moments um that didn't really work for me um but i also enjoyed watching it so i don't know it's kind of like one of those in between episodes but um yeah i Mixed bag for sure. Mixed bag, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. Um, I really, I mean, I do think, yeah. Oh, oh, my oh Peak yeah, Creek, Peak sorry. Creek. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, Peak Creek moment was also Nicole telling Dustin his film sucks and also the photo shoot. I just thought that was <laughs> fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, okay, 2.5. Uh you know, I did think a couple important things happened, but overall, I didn't enjoy watching this episode. Uh, I found it uh, treacherous to rewatch. It took me for, I just had to keep pausing. I was like, oh my God, make it end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I did like, uh, slash, this is my Peak Creek moment, uh, the. The dream nightmare sequence at the beginning. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, 
good and silly. Yeah, I'm surprised it took us this long to get like a dream opening or dream mm-hmm. ending or alternate reality type yeah. scene. We haven't really had one of those yet, like a fantasy moment or anything, yeah. you know? Those fake outs are fun. So I'm just, I guess they're hacks. So there's a reason, but. Yeah. <laughs> I was really shocked. I wished it was weirder. It yes. Was par for the course of what like a character having a dream would be, <laughs> yeah. but it was still funny. Yeah, like, I love Jack running through that window. That was so yeah. Funny. yeah. Like was wearing like a similar outfit to Dawson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, all right, my rating this week is a five. Oh, I mean a, a, a three point five. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I I genuinely I did enjoy this episode. Um, I, there were parts of it that I thought were insufferable. There were parts of it that I really loved. So it's like a it's a big mixed bag, but. Honestly, I really liked the return to what I think this show does best, which is the paranormal and supernatural elements of Cape Side. And, um, you know, I like the direction this episode was going. Obviously, it has some big problems. So 3.5. My Peak Creek moment of the week is a a bit of a throwaway. And I don't, I feel like I need to start applying some of my own standards for what constitutes a Pete Creek moment. But it's when um, Joey and Jack go into the fortune teller's booth and the fortune teller is smoking and Jack coughs when she blows smoke (laughs) into his face. That made me laugh every single time I watched the episode. And it was just done so well. and, And it was just such a like, you know, a little throwaway moment yeah. that I wouldn't be surprised if like, uh, whatever the actor's name, Kerr, Shep or Ding, Dingus Kong, Congo or <laughs> what? whatever Dingus his Congo. name is. Dingus Congo. Dingus Congo. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Kerr Smith. Kerr Smith. Thank you. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he like improvised that little yeah. detail there. Mm. But anyway, I thought it was really funny and yeah. Um, recommendations. It's that time. All right, I've got a little bit of like a part two, I guess, to my recommendation last week, uh, which was Nugs.net. This is best enjoyed if you do have Nugs.net. If you don't, you can still enjoy it. My recommendation is a little, he's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. His name is Billy Strings. He's a musical performer and he's doing really cool things in the bluegrass uh, slash jamgrass slash whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, uh, community specifically what I want to recommend is he did a new, a three night new year's run in new Orleans. That was just fucking awesome. So fucking good. Um, as an ex bluegrass player who ran in that circle, it was really cool to hear night one was entirely fiddle tunes. So fucking cool to hear songs that like you only hear at jams, but now you're hearing it in front of like 30,000 people and they're just going crazy. Mm-hmm. Night two is like, a good just like Billy Strings set and then night three was like four hours long and it was just And that was New Year's Eve, right? The the night three one was New Year's Eve, yeah. So it was just it was just awesome start to finish. So what my recommendation here is actually night two of that two nights or three night set that's December thirtieth in New Orleans at the Uno Arena. It was awesome. If you've never heard Billy Strings before, I do think it's like maybe one of the best entry points into like their Mm. current catalog. If you don't have Nugs, I'm just going to recommend the album Renewal. He won a Grammy for that record last year. And I think it's absolutely beautiful. Like some of the songs on there are just, the lyrics are out of this world amazing. The music is like, pays homage to the traditional roots of the band, but they're like doing new stuff. I don't know. They're really, really cool. And I really think people should go give them a listen if they haven't. 
Love that man. Was that three night so run, good. uh, 2023? Yeah. He did another three night run, um, in 2022 as well in the same arena. So make sure you're looking at the 2023 run. All right. Uh, I am going to recommend a Netflix mini series called American nightmare. Uh, so three parter, it's a true crime television series. Uh, it covers the March, 2015 kidnapping of Denise Huskins from the home she shared with her boyfriend, Aaron Quinn in Vallejo, California. Um, it was at the time referred to as the gone girl kidnapping. Cause that was around when the movie came out. Uh, and people thought maybe she had like kidnapped herself. Um, it is a wild story in and of it itself. Um, but I think the, what I really, uh, not enjoyed, but really like, but felt really like passionate about was the, uh, just the police work that was just so terrifying. And, uh, essentially they like, don't believe the victims and, uh, further traumatize them. And it's, uh, just like, you know, I already, it was like, police fucking suck, but, uh, this was just really unbelievable. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, important to you know maybe see some of these things or learn about some of these things if you're not really tuned in but Mm. yeah we watched watched that yeah we watched that as well and what i took away from it was how crazy it is that like if you want to get away with a crime apparently all you have to do is make it as crazy and outlandish as you possibly can and the cops are going to be like well fuck this person's clearly crazy so this couldn't have happened wear a wetsuit yeah (laughs) like what (sighs) Uh, yeah it's rough yeah isn't it true that i think like only two percent of all like major crimes like murders get solved oh i don't know really i don't know i can it's like constantly say that's true yeah wow it's definitely true (laughs) a cab as i like to say yeah okay My recommendation today is a board game called My Island. So um, James and I played this game throughout the holidays. It's a two to four player game. Uh, It's a legacy game. And if you're not familiar with what that means, it's a game that kind of like changes. It can change throughout like the process of playing it. Um, So like, for example, in this game, each person has their own island, which they redesign each game. Um, there are three games form a chapter and there are eight chapters. So there's 24 games in total. So for each chapter, there's a sealed envelope containing new rules and various materials with which you can change your playing surface. So we had so much fun playing this game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was awesome. Um, And it's really exciting when you open a new chapter envelope and discover like new pieces and new rules. And then you have to like adapt to to those rules. And there, there were like some that we were just like, really thrown off yeah. by and had to like take breaks to, and then mm-hmm. go back to them so we could like forget the previous rules. Totally. Mm. Yeah. It, it was fun. It feels like there's at least eight different games in that yeah. box, wow. you know, and, and just like the way I've played a lot of legacy games with, with different groups. And I think this is probably one of the best executed versions of it because 
it's so like the changes are bite size. You know, you start and it makes sense. You add a little nuance, a little wrinkle. You add a new little thing here, a new little thing there. And before you know it, it's like super complex, but you never felt like you were biting off more than you could chew, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just so fun. Uh, it's it's designed by a guy, Reiner Knizia. I don't know if that's actually how it's pronounced. It's spelled R-E-I-N-E-R-K-N-I-E. Z-I-A, like, what the fuck? But this guy, he's one of the best board game designers in the world, and this game, I think, is testament to that because it is just, like, it's awesome. Yeah. Really, really good. There's another version of it called My City, which mm, uses heard, yeah. s- squares instead of hexes. My Island uses hex pieces. Right, Nobody and I've, I've heard, about or read about that one, and people, I think, it seems like people like that one a little bit Oh, more interesting. possibly it was the consensus that I read but it makes me want to get that one yeah. oh one little detail that Mal didn't mention is you name your island oh yes you get to name your island so my island was named Pizza Planet <laughs> mine was salt what was it salty salt, wood salty wood yeah <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that's fun yeah I like that is it just and a two player game up to four two to four I will say, also say that if you've never done legacy games I feel like this is a good like foot into legacy games because I had never done one mm-hmm. and it w- I they f- but before this they seemed kind of intimidating so totally yeah yeah when somebody's like yeah the rules are going to change every time you play it you're like no thank <laughs> you yeah <laughs> but this one worked out well sounds cool uh this week I'm recommending Stephen King's The Shining ooh uh, if you're out of the loop, it centers on Jack Torrance, a struggling writer and recovering alcoholic who accept a, accepts a position as the off-season caretaker of the historic Overlook Hotel in the Colorado Rockies. His family accompanies him on the job, including his young son, Danny, who possesses The Shining, an array of psychic abilities that allow the child to glimpse into the hotel's horrific true nature. Soon after a winter storm leaves the family snowbound, the supernatural forces inhabiting the hotel influence Jack's sanity, leaving his wife and son in grave danger. I'm an enormous fan of the film. It's one of my favorite Kubricks, and I'm a big fan of King, but I just hadn't gotten around to reading the book, and I'm so glad I did. It's similar only in the major beats, but there are some major changes, especially in the third act, that really surprised me. I still adore the movie. I'll always be one of my favorites, but now I know why King was so fucking pissed at Kubrick's adaptation. He changed a lot about the characters and the themes to make it his own. So if you're a fan of the movie and haven't checked out the book, or interested in King in general, I suggest picking it up. It's really, really, really good. In the middle of your recommendation there, I had to go into my closet behind us, and I'm holding this up to the camera. I hope you listeners can see this. If you can't, just close your eyes and pretend. It is <laughs> Stephen King, a copy of Stephen King's The Shining. I bought this book many, many years ago because I watched the movie and loved it, and I was like, I just kind of want to have it. You know, I don't even really intend to read it. And then I read it. It's so fucking good. It's, it's so good. So good. It's, I'm going to read it now. I've, I've never read the book. And, and you, think, <laughs> you think you've seen the movie, so like why read it, right? Yeah. It's worth reading the book okay. 100% because it just is different. It's just different. And it's different. It's familiar enough that like you still kind of know what's going to happen, maybe. Yep. But it's also different enough that like you're seeing new things. I don't I think it's fantastic. Great rack, Cody. Nice. Mm. Yeah, ruled. I... Going into it, I was just like, is this going to be like a one-to-one thing? Is it going to feel like I'm just like reading the script to the movie? But there's so many nuances and weird things that Kubrick just, for whatever reason, thought weren't important to like what his vision of it was. Hmm. And they're so good. And the changes that are made are really interesting. And the book, you can just like view it as its own thing because it's for sure. 
for a while it feels like kind of samey, but then it hits a certain point and it's extremely different and really fun. Okay, so next time we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 18, A Perfect Wedding, where a capeside wedding forces Joey to face up to her family's reputation. What we could that mean? Only five episodes left of the season. Holy shit. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's actually kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. We're almost to Season 3, Home, you guys. I'm so yeah, Home stretch. Home stretch. I feel like we're building up to the whatever season two's thesis is. Yeah. Can't wait to find mm-hmm. out what they're all gearing up for. Yeah, me. Yeah, I I don't even want to predict, but I'm so curious. I don't want to be let down. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that just about does it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our show and join us as we continue to set sail through Dawson's Creek one episode at a time. If you want more Freaks content, go ahead and visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com and find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod where you'll see Cody's great memes and Mal's wonderful screenshots and nothing that I do. And that's about it. And then finally, write us uh, email at showandfreaksandcreeks.com and please write us a five-star review. If you don't, you're going to have bad luck for 20 million years. And that's bad. So until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.